back at the Family Path, episode 15. Thanks for joining in with us today. And it's not 14. Jocelyn's signing <laughs> one four to me. <laughs> and now you got me wondering if it's 14 or 15. I'm I'm positive I think it's 15. You're that's a lot of confidence. Yeah. It comes from the Lord. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 15. So we're going to dive into uh, Psalm 131. But before we do that, um, we we ordered something a a while back that came in today. And it was, if you've been a part of our podcast at all, we at one point issued out our PDF for the correction cards that we use here. They're like scripture verses where the kids like, we kind of utilize them in conjunction with timeout where we'll give the kids for whatever sin they've they've committed we'll hand them the the card that corresponds with that and they go to the table and they write the the scripture out and there's a the scriptures on it and then there's a prayer uh, on the flip side too and they write it three times and we're mm-hmm. trying to store up the word of god in their hearts um you know during their timeout time yeah. you know why not utilize that time but we uh we never actually had those professionally printed before, and we we ordered a set of one, <laughs> mm-hmm. so we could have one that was really nice, and they turned out pretty good. And I think we might we might just order some more and um, do something fun fun with them here through the family path. So keep your keep your eye out on Instagram for that. Maybe we'll yeah. do something fun with that because uh, it turned out to be more affordable than than we anticipated. So. Um, maybe yeah. we can share a picture of what they look like uh, this week and uh, start getting some interest in that. Maybe. I don't know. We yeah. love them. We use them all the time. So, But for today, we are going to hop into Psalm 131. So, Jocelyn, since you have a beautiful voice, oh, would, you, <laughs> would you read it? Yeah. Um, so this is Psalm 131. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not proudy. Oh, oh proudy. proudy. No, we got to keep going. <laughs> this is awesome. No, I that's good. Pride on my mind. Uh, okay. you know? Like there's so much well, pride. You just got humbled. So that's I'm so not good. struggling with pride here. <laughs> okay. No, we're not stopping this. This is this is life. So this is Psalm one thirty (laughs) one. May the Lord be with me this time. Okay, Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not get involved with things too great or too wondrous for me. Instead, I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like a weaned child. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever. It was beautiful. <laughs> oh, gosh. It was good. All right. So <laughs> Psalm 131. Uh, well, let me just recap it a little bit here. It's a, it's, there's a title in your Bible. It uh, says, A Song of Ascents of David. Hmm. So that's like a song that would be sung as um, a pilgrimage was made up to the temple in Jerusalem to worship. So um, it was a reflective song where people would be singing this, chanting it together, remembering it, looking and examining themselves as they went up to the temple to worship God, to meet with him. Um, we see that in verse one. So we see David examining his own heart. Um, through the examination in, in verse one, we move to verse two and we we see what David is instead of what he, he examines uh, himself in light of 
what he did not do or what he has mm-hmm. not done, which we can understand that is also what not to do as we approach and worship God. I mean, instead, and in verse two, it says what he actually did do. So we're going to dive into that a lot and in, into some depth today. And then finally, in verse three, it's uh, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever. That's the summation of this short psalm that would have been sung as they would ascend to the Temple Mount and, and worship God. So we're not making a pilgrimage uh, right. to Jerusalem to worship God in, in the temple, but we can still apply this psalm to our lives and as Christians, and, and we'll make the application as parents as well, because our lives are every single day meant to worship and to glorify God. So let's, we'll dive in right there. We'll dive in verse one. We're just going to kind of step through this psalm and look at it and apply it to our lives. In verse one, um, I'll I'll reread it so um, we have it fresh in our mind here. Maybe I should let you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Lord, no, just kidding. (laughs) No, you've done enough. (laughs) (laughs) Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not get involved with things too great or too wondrous for me. Hmm. So let's look at that. Let's look at uh, the examination that David's laying out here in in verse one. Yeah, I think he um, obviously is talking about pride. (laughs) So I think we were going through this before and just talking about how like it's almost like a don't do this, but do this. And like your verse one is a don't do this, but it really is a do this as well, because David is very much rejecting pride and he's humbling himself before God. Um, you know, we see throughout scripture, Proverbs quoted, obviously in Proverbs, and then um, it without throughout the New Testament, where it says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So God hates a prideful heart And David, a man who's after God's own heart, he knows this and he is rejecting all pride and he's really humbling himself. And it's interesting to think that because David of all people would be somebody who you would, if, if anyone's going to struggle with pride, you would think David would be a good candidate to struggle with pride. Like he would have a lot to be proud about, you know, like God obviously gave him this great blessing for his life. And he never took this blessing away from him, even despite David's like failures and faults. And of course this Psalm was written probably well before that, but, um, he obviously had that going for him, but David, even as like a young child was able to like defeat lions and he was a really good shepherd. Like he took care of his flock and he beat Goliath at a really young age. Um, he had a great destiny ahead of him to be King. And yet he's saying like, my heart's not proud. Like I'm not concerning my eyes or staring at things that, um, are too great or marvelous for me. Like he's accounting himself as like nothing and like not worthy of any of those things. And you just really see him like humbling himself and really seeking to exalt someone instead of him, which ultimately we know that's God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's the self-examination of his heart, not being proud and his eyes are not being hard haughty. It is, it's as they approach God to Mm -hmm. worship. So it's that self-reflection of what what is in my heart and we were talking about this before like when was this written was david king or right. was david not king when this was written like what where was he at in his life and i'm not sure that we 100% know but we know that 
after David was anointed as king, you know, he wasn't actually didn't take the throne yet. Right. And he was a he was a child, was a child. when that happened. So it, it definitely happened after that. And God says, what? Don't look at the outward appearance. Look at the inward appearance. Right. So we know the we know where David's heart is at. And he's he's reflecting that right here, that he's not proud. And whether he was king or not, I, I think it's irrelevant because right after he was anointed, he beat Goliath. Like, right. okay, so right. initially, Still a child. Like, like, okay, I, I did great and wondrous things. Like, I'm yeah. I'm prideful. I, I'm awesome. And eyes that are haughty are also like, I'm looking down on people. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so much better. I have an arrogance to me. I know that I am prideful. And now I'm I'm externalizing that internal pride and I'm looking down on other people. Right. Um, and we I, just don't see that in the life of David at all. Which is, right, right. And I think as we, if our lives are supposed to be worshipful to God, then, I mean, we need to examine our hearts. Mm-hmm. We need to look inside. We need to, especially in parenting, like, as us doing a podcast, like I, I'm far from prideful right. <laughs> thinking I got this all figured out. We actually like, we'll say to each other, like, how are we even having this podcast? Yeah. We just like, as we walk through daily struggles, but again, it's like not coming from a place of having arrived, but just yeah. wanting to like talk about yeah. these things and bring. Yeah, we have far from arrived at the place where we want to be, but rather just want to come alongside other people trying to do the same thing that we're trying to do. Right. Um, but as parents, like we, we can't sit in that sense of pridefulness or mm-hmm. look, even look down. Like it's so easy to do. Um, you know, okay. People always say, well, you wouldn't understand because you have seven kids. Obviously you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Soon to be eight. But we remember the struggles with child number one, right? Like mm-hmm. it's so relative. And so many times I want to tell people, you realize our troubles are multiplied by like seven on yeah, top of that, you right. know, like it's, I think people think, oh, it gets easier. And there are certain aspects of it that get easier, but also it brings a lot more yeah. um, struggle with it too. Yep. So we need to set, we need to set aside the pride in our heart, mm-hmm. um, w- whether in parenting or whether in the world. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit more as we, as we go. Um, what else do you think about the, I do not get involved with things too great or too wondrous. Yeah. I think that is, that's probably one of my favorite parts of this because, you know, we know that there are hidden things of God that God has left. Like it says that in Deuteronomy. And then, um, we know that God has given us a glimpse of the mystery, you know, that mystery has been revealed in Christ, but there's still these hidden things of God that we just don't understand. And we even see that picture come out a little bit in Job when God, rebukes Job and he's like, where were you when I created everything, you know, and God just gives this rebuttal to Job of like, you don't know anything. Shut your mouth, Job. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I just, this is where I made that connection, like immediately, like God, like David's just saying, I know I'm not God. I know I don't understand all of everything. Like, and, and that again is a very, um, just humbling thing. And I think it has a lot to do with, like selfish ambition versus godly ambition. Like um, he he's not at this trying to have this selfish ambition or trying to figure out all these things on his own or even saying, hey, because I'm king or going to be king someday, I have to understand these things. Like he very much is humbling himself and saying, I'm not even trying. Like I'm not even going to try to understand all these things because ultimately they're not for me to know. Like they're, they're just for God and they're for God to know and for him to be exalted in that yeah. you know he's 
he really understands his place. Right. His status even. Um, it's sort of the place that so God whether, was trying to whether, put Job in. You know, yeah, when he wherever, was like, you need to remember where he was were. anointed as king. Okay, no matter where David was at in his life, he was anointed as king or he was king at this point and wrote this. Um, he he truly understood his status. Right. And he would have been one that he would have been involved with many great things, things that we would like think like I'm the president of the United States or something like that. And right. I'm involved with all these things that general public doesn't even know about mm -hmm. and all the back end hidden things of the nation of America mm -hmm. and our security and building infrastructure and doing all these great and wonderful things. And David would have that same, same mindset and he'd be involved with those things. Yet he's not proud and he's not haughty and he doesn't get involved with things too great or too wondrous for me. Yeah. He's not trying to like say, Oh, I have all the answers or I need all the answers. I mean, so many times throughout Psalm, we see him crying out to God, like you and you alone can do something about this. Like I just, I'm going to sit here and wet my bed with tears night and day, just asking you to do yeah. something like he, he knows none of this power rests in him. And, um, he knows that ultimately it comes from God. But I think, too, something just to think about is going back to like the selfish ambition versus godly ambition. Like this is something that we struggle with in our own life because we live in a society that feels very self-entitled. Like we think, no, we deserve to know, you know, and that comes yeah. from a sense of pride as if like, no, like we have a right as humans to know everything and to understand all things. Um like from this way, like almost this position is as if like God owes us something or we're at some higher position where we need that. And like you just very much see David humbling himself like, no, that's not where I'm yeah. at, you yeah. know. And if you remember the, the song of ascents, like we're ascending to the temple right now. Mm -hmm. Like so people would be chanting this and, and as they approach the temple and to have that meeting place with mm -hmm. God, that's where you went. So you're. You're self-reflecting, making sure your heart's not proud, not haughty, and you're you're recognizing I'm as I approach, as I ascend to this person, this deity that knows things that I can't even comprehend. Like right. that's where I'm going to worship right now. That's right, right. that's the self-reflection. And that's what you're like. You're happening. laying yourself aside and you're saying like, I'm just lifting you high and exalting you in this. Right. So I mean, if we keep that in the context of the psalm even in application too. So it, it just, it becomes deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. um, anything else you want to say on verse one? We'll go to verse two. Yeah, I don't think so. We'll go to All verse right. Two. So verse, verse one is the, the self-reflection. And then verse two is, it starts with the instead. instead. It says, mm -hmm. instead, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like a weaned child. So we have mm -hmm. repetition there. So that just right. screams like, all right, like pay attention to this right. because there's repetition. It's funny because it. the repetition is on the wean child part where you're like, I don't know what to do with that. And then he repeats it twice and he's like, well, you better figure out right. what to do with it because this is very much what I mean by yeah. it. You know. So after the self-reflection, instead, instead what, instead what, David? He's it calmed and quieted his soul. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it doesn't say that God has calmed and quieted his soul. Right. Um, he didn't do it, you know, in that means or regard. I'm, I mean... I don't want to push that too far, but it says, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Mm -hmm. So there's a personal responsibility yeah, or um, 
don't even know how else to to wrap my mind around it. But let's let's dive into the 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 analogy here and the imagery of like a weaned child. And since you are a mother, <laughs> <laughs> you've never weaned a child and, before, <laughs> and uh, it's calls for a mother weaning her child in this scripture. Let's over communicate and really feel the the weight of what a child you know a child gets born Mm -hmm. and it starts nursing so the easiest thing to think about weaning a child from is is nursing a nursing Mm -hmm. mother like that's the easiest back in the day they didn't have bottles and things like that so that is what would happen but you i think even if you bottle feed your kid you can still understand this you know but obviously so let's 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 over communicate that and let's step through like baby's just born what happens yeah you nurse your baby that's where they your baby comes out and I mean, even if they're not really crying, they're normally there's a lack of contentment until they're eventually latched um, and then they start nursing. Yeah. You know, so they are. You are everything right to that baby. Mm-hmm. Like it's looking for you're sustaining them. You're comforting them right. like you're their contentment. even. Right. Right. And you're exactly where their contentment comes from. And I mean, we see that so many times where like, I feel like prior to six months, you're always like, I can't do anything for them. So I just like anytime they're crying, you're like, here you go. I'm sorry. You have what they need. I don't have that. You know, Briggs is just like coming out of that right now. And he loves his dad. Yeah, (laughs) he does love you a lot right now. We're like rock, paper, scissoring for um, putting them to bed. Yeah. That would be a lot um, more civilized so compared to what we're you. actually doing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we should do an episode on weaning mom. Yeah, yeah. So weaning a child is like has a lot to do with finding contentment outside of the circumstances because a child who is nursing very much finds contentment in their circumstances. If we're like just comparing, just figuratively speaking, very much so a mother to God and then the breast or, you know, how you're feeding them um, to the gift. Let's keep this G-rated. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then you think, okay, the, the child wants me. Yes. But really what does it want? It wants the gift that I can give them. Right. It's looking for that contentment at um, at nursing because that's where they feel calm. That's where they feel safe. That's where they feel that all of their needs are being, met and what David is saying, well, this is a wean child, a child who has been taken away from all of those things and yet is content, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they're looking for contentment. Kind of like Philippians 4.13, I think that's what it is. Uh, you know, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens right. me. Mm-hmm. And that's, you got to read before that. It's right. really Paul talking about contentment. the contentment. Right. So keep going. Right. He's not saying like, oh, I can absolutely do anything. He's just saying whatever God throws my way, I'll be content to right. do right. sufficiently because of Christ in me. And that's exactly it. Like a wean child then has found this contentment in the presence of their mother and not necessarily the gifts that they're giving. And like there's a very real example to give is up until a couple months ago, we just I just weaned Briggs like two months ago, right? A month and a half ago. Mm, I don't not I that long that. ago. The point is, anytime I would hold him prior to that, what would he do? He'd go uh, crazy, right? Like he would always be pulling at my shirt. He would even when he didn't need to eat, he had this lack of contentment because he was looking for contentment for nursing. Mm-hmm. Where at, now that he's weaned, I can like interact with him in a totally different way. And it's not to say that a mother who's still nursing your child can't have those moments because when the child is like content and full, then you, you know, get this interaction with them. But like now Briggs is content just by my presence and just by me being with him and 
mm-hmm. and I can play with him and whatnot. And he's not always sidetracked and looking to find that fulfillment in that gift, so to speak, that that I give him. And I think this is what David is speaking to here. Like a weaned child, we need to find our contentment in God, not in the things that God can do for us or that the God does like, yeah, the gifts that he gives us or the way that he can change our circumstances or whatnot, but just finding this baseline contentment in God. And that really plays into what he speaks into then in verse three is you need to hope in him Mm -hmm. because anyone who has found hope in God ultimately finds their contentment and their identity in God. I think God allows situations or circumstances in our life. And this plays back to what you were saying, how it says, instead, I have calmed my soul. I do think it has a lot to do with like, you have this personal responsibility in it. Yes, absolutely. Like we have to make that decision, but it doesn't mean that God won't allow certain situations or circumstances in your life to wean you from things that we have become reliant upon. And so he works those things to bring us into a full reliance on him and him alone. And I think we see that play out in parenthood. Like parenthood is one of those situations where God weans us from our Mm -hmm. self-reliance and brings us to a reliance on him. But ultimately, like we have to choose who we're going to rely on because like we still live in the flesh and like we can still live our life relying on ourself or anything else we put our hope in. But David's saying like, no, I've I've chose to resist all those things. And I have chose to find my hope in God and to be content in him and him alone. Yeah. And the weaning process is, uh, it's not easy. No. (laughs) I mean, just when you wean a child, like in the agony that that child goes through, or like even like sleep training and like Mm -hmm. weaning him from like falling asleep on you and then place him in like sleep training, Mm -hmm. like that's weaning too. It, it's rough. Right. It, it's hard work. It it hurts, and it's for their good. Right. So they can be content on themselves and in, in something that's not you. Right. And um, yeah, God throws situations at us that will do that to us every single day. Right. And um, I think our whole life is a journey of um situations and circumstances that God puts in our way to teach us a reliance on Him and and less on ourselves. Yeah. I mean, what are some things that we could be weaned from as parents? Well, I think um, that we're putting our hope in. So why don't we go there? Like what things that we need to look, we need to self-examine because our, our daily lives are worshipful to God. Right. So well, ob- first, I think we, we should talk want... about verse three, because then we're getting away from okay, that. Okay, let's hit verse three. Yeah. Because that sort of is what we'll we bring it, it into. Yeah. yeah. Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forever. Verse three. So he basically says like, and now because of all these things, like I've just said, like hope in the Lord, which we obviously already talked about that, but that really then plays over to like, okay, if David is saying, I'm not proud, um, I'm not struggling with pride, I'm humbling myself, I'm exalting God like a wean child, I've learned to find my contentment in God and God alone. And then he says, I'm not just saying this for me, but I'm telling you, like, you need to hope in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, then I think that's what we need to do in our lives is we need to like do the self-assessment and say, okay, where are we at? Like, where are we as parents? Because I think family discipleship always starts with us as the individual and as parents. Where are we putting our hope? Because we, if we can't tackle that, how are we going to really adequately tackle the hope of our Mm -hmm. kids, you know? So to answer your question, I think that there are a lot of different places we can put our hope. Obviously, we want you to put your hope in God, but we're playing the other side and saying, well, our careers— 
What can we, yeah, what can we be weaned from? Right. What are things that, that yeah, we'll need to be weaned from? Our careers, certain situations or circumstances that we might find ourselves in. Um, even our spouses, like our spouses can become an idol. They yeah, can, you need, you know. I need to wean you for me. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> he doesn't struggle with pride. Though, <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, our kids, motherhood. Yeah. So I, I think, like, God really humbled me in a big way uh, with motherhood in weaning me from my career because, like, I very much found my hope, my identity, even, so to speak, like, in my career. And then God was like, well, here's a baby. And that humbled me really quickly. And then as he has um, given me this greater desire for more and more kids, he's teaching me again. He's using even that situation of my desire, which I, I believe has come from him, um, to teach me more about reliance on him and less about myself is I have to like repeatedly just check myself in motherhood and be like, okay, am I finding my identity in my motherhood? Like, because that can become all consuming as mm-hmm. well, you know, versus... Is it, or is my identity and hope still in God, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I think weaning for me would be, well, now as a pastor, weaning from uh, my career as well. I mean, mm-hmm. entrepreneurial spirit, you know, always mm-hmm. out to go build, do things nonstop. And then the focus has changed. Right, right. <laughs> and like, you know, that that temptation to go out and continue to do those things and build things and build income, do this, that, and the other. Just wean from that. Like, look, think of David and and having everything that he would ever need, like right. at his fingertips. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet his soul is quieted like a wean child. So like there is this weaning that we have to do from the world, you know, whatever it is in your own circumstance, like, Mm-hmm. whatever you're clinging to, like to quiet your soul and to actually sit and rest in an understanding and a peace, knowing that God has a plan for your life and that you have salvation for us, apart from them, like for, for us, we have Jesus Christ that has, right. you know, redeemed us. Just resting in that, we have to reject the world. Right. We have to be weaned from it. So we have to, and that's what, so interesting about weaning like weaning from the world 100 percent. maybe i'll ask you that question can we do that 100 percent? i think perfectly i think that ultimately that's what we are called to do as christians i believe it is the sanctification that god is doing in us and i don't believe as it says in philippians he's begun a good work for in us and he'll bring it to completion at the day when, when Christ returns. So I don't think that that journey ever ends for us. Like we're not fully sanctified until we stand in the presence of our savior. My Um, point was, is we're not saying that you can't, we have, we all have to operate in the world. You should be actively trying to wean yourself from the world. That is the sanctification that God is trying to do in us. And so we were just talking about this earlier, like you need to hold very loosely the things of the world in your hand. And I'm, I'm hesitant to even say we hold them in the palm of our hand, but in in some Sometimes ways that's where we do. We have to still right. we occupy this. But you realm. hold it so loosely that yes. it's easy for God to snatch them away, and it doesn't. It even when it hurts when He does, 
you know it's right. You yeah. know it's because you've held on to them loosely. You're not holding on to them in, with this tight grasp of expectation of keeping them. When you're holding on to something very loosely, your expectation is that at any moment it could be taken away or it could drop, and that's okay. And if it hurts, I mean, that's God weaning you from. Like, you sh- you need this— right. you- you need to look within like David's doing and notice that, man, this only, this must only hurt because I don't recognize how tightly I have that thing grasped, right. whatever right. it be. I, my career, like, oh, I lost my job. Like, oh my goodness, everything, oh, my life's going to be ruined. I'm right. done. Um, it's like for me, like I the sense of like when I was working so hard for, for money and businesses and this and that compared to now, like it's just so much more open-handed to where it's like, I, I'm not worried about tomorrow as much as I did back then. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm more worried about today. And that was the weaning that happened and whatever weaning and whatever hurt, whatever God's pulling out from under you right in this moment, recognize it as weaning and recognize that it's something to grow from and to your hopes probably in it. Right. Too much, maybe. Yeah, I think that goes into like, okay, so how do we know? How do we know where we're placing our hope or, um, yeah, what our hope is in? And it would very much be exactly what you're talking about. Like, well, apart from from these things, okay, apart from my job, apart from motherhood, apart from the amount of kids I have, apart from my husband or my wife, am I okay? Mm-hmm. Am I Am I content to say it as well with my soul? It doesn't mean it, it might not suck oh, without those things, bad. <laughs> you know, but there you, your hope and your contentment. Joy yeah. And, and even if it, it feels really hard to let those things go, it's still, I, I just go back to like, you, can you still say it is well with my soul? Like whatever, if you take this away, I'm, I'm still okay. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, it's a very personal example, but it's just. The, oh, the no, only one here we go. We're going <laughs> off unscripted again. This is the only one I, I can really think of. It's like um, when we were talking about having another baby and. Which one? Like this one. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so when we were talking about having another baby, like I remember literally just like crying, thinking like, I, I, I'm not, I, I can't have nursed my last child. Like I just can't. Like I just don't. I don't feel that. I just, and we were just, you know, bantering back and forth. And I remember you looking at me and being like, okay, but you do need to have to ask yourself, like, are you finding contentment in being a mom? Like, okay, if God says no, if we decide this is a no, are you okay? Because like, you have to check your, I remember you telling me this, like, you have to check yourself and make sure that you're not finding contentment in motherhood and, and having another Mm -hmm. baby and that you, your contentment is outside of that and is God in God. And my best friend and I had this conversation um, and she said the same thing. Like if you're okay, if he says no, it doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt, but you would have to like still figure out, are you okay? Because you should never go forward. If you're going to say, I'm not okay. If he says no, then, you know, you're doing it. You know what I mean? And so I think, I I mean, in a, in a calm and quieted soul, your identity is at peace knowing that you are a child of God or right. made in the image of God. Like y- your identity is perfectly clear when you're, when your soul is calm and quiet, right? When your soul's mm-hmm. not calm and quiet and you're being weaned from something, your identity kind of goes amiss and right. you're like 
finding it in other things, whether it be Mm -hmm. anything. I mean, it could be. And it can even be in good things that like God is giving you, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but you just really got to check yourself. So, uh, and I think at the end of the day, like this is exactly why we need to hope in God because our life situations, they're going to change all the time. Like all the things that we have in this world, they're eventually going to perish. They're going to, you know, tarnish. They're going to go away. Our careers are going to change. Those jobs aren't going to last forever, you know, but at the end of the day, God is the one sure thing that lasts forever. It's why he says in verse um, three, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and what? And forever, forever. because like hope in the Lord will last forever. It just reminds me of that parable that Jesus talks about where the guy stores up Um, all the treasure in his barns, he builds these big barns because he just like has this overabundance of everything that he needs. And so he stores it all up and then he goes and he rests. And then God comes to him and says, you fool this night, your soul is, you know, required Mm -hmm. of you. And now what do you have? Like the whole point of that is all that you do in this life and all that you gain in all of these situations, no matter the amount of vacations you take and the amount of things that you have or the sports that you play or the job you have or the amount of kids you have, all of those things are not going to last forever. They're yep. not going to bleed over into eternity. Yep. So we must we must hope in the Lord now mm-hmm. and forever. And I think to kind of and even the podcast today, I mean, where's your hope relying and who's it on and and what is it, what is it in right now? Ask yourself those questions because in terms of parenting, like we are modeling to our kids and they see it. Mm -hmm. They see it like with our reactions when we come home from work and our stresses and our struggles, the we may be talking about something in another room, but you know they they're hearing family problems, family issues. You know they're always listening, but they can recognize where you're finding your identity. They're recognizing your what you have your hope in now and forever. We model that to our kids. We're training that in our kids. Yeah, I think we I model would even it in our own lives. Right. So self-reflect, see where you're at. But your modeling is training. Our model is is training, training in them. Them. So if we are, if our hope is in like, I have to get this business up and off the ground, and it, it means everything to me. My hopes in that, or I'm working so hard to get this mm-hmm. new car. Like if I don't get it, it's uh, man, my life's gonna be terrible. I should have. God deserve it. You're modeling what your kids are going to be raised up in. And they're going to take those things and they're going to place their hope in that. So what we want to do is we want to put our hope in the Lord. And even the way that we um, allow our kids to live. um, And I guess the way I said that sounds sort of bad, but like, like it's a good thing. It's (laughs) it's a good thing to let your kids do sports. Like we have a son who plays soccer and, um, But like you understand that even when we allow our kids to play sports and the the level that we take their performance and then uh, and our expectation in that and um, the level that we just of course, we want to allow them to be excited and whatnot about it. The whole point is like you can become so engulfed in that that you may not even realize it, but you're modeling and then training in them this identity in this sport or the amount of vacations you take or all these things. Yeah. Like our life is literally modeling that to our kids. So you we practice today. Do right. You, you, right. And it's not to do? say that you shouldn't say those things, <laughs> right. you, you know, want to do those things, but, but you got to really right tread lightly. Like in the same way that we're teaching ourselves to keep a very loose grasp on the things of the world, we need to raise kids who have a very, 
very loose grasp on the things of the world because their hearts are just sold out for Jesus. You like, have to ask yourself with your kids, like, are your kids holding the things of the world with the have you taught them? I mean, because it's not their fault. I mean, this is what they want to do. This is what right. we all want to do. We want to cling to the things that we love and cherish in the world. Trust me, we say to our own kids all the time, like, we see you loving this too much. So we have to start helping you nourish this yes. a little bit. You know, so are you can you recognize in your kids if they're holding something so tightly? So if it is a sport, let's mm -hmm. just keep with that example. What what if you as a parent took that away? Right. How would, the, how would they how respond? Would, how would the kid respond? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably going to be traumatic. And it would be traumatic. It would be hurtful for any of us. Like anything right. that we love, if we, if if our career that we loved got taken away, mm -hmm. it's going to hurt. But is there, a, is there a perspective that needs to be invoked into your kids right. to understand that like, oh, this, even if it went away, what if you broke your leg and you couldn't play for the rest of right. the season? How would that make you feel? Right. Oh, that'd be terrible. And how is God still good in that? You know, like these are like really very real conversations. That, not just that you need to have, but you really need to even like these are perspectives you need to think about. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've thought about this just with things like, you know, kids become obsessive about about things and just things that like our kids have become overly obsessive. We're like, OK, we got to really dial this back because your focus mm -hmm. is not on God as much as it should be mm -hmm. because you're really super excited about this, which is awesome. But you need to really put that in the, in its right place. And yeah. we need to learn how to handle that in a way that ultimately exalts God in your life. Yeah. Cause fun is great. We right. want our kids to have fun, but we want to have them have fun with godly perspective. Right. And, um, a, a because we're laboring for their eternity, just like ours, you yeah. know, and that's what, that's what we do. Yep. And we're hoping, we're hoping in the Lord now. Mm-hmm. And forever. <laughs> yeah. And we just need to remember, like, our contentment will bleed into becoming our, our children's contentment. Maybe not always, but it will shape that in the beginning, you know, and we have the chance to teach them this while they're in our homes. Yep. And this is a very real thing that we get to pour into. Model a quiet soul. Mm -hmm. Model a calm soul. Model that you are weaned from the world mm -hmm. and that you don't put your hope in anything like that model your identity in christ and uh that full satisfaction comes from god and in full, yeah mm -hmm. that's what we want to do as parents amen amen amen, amen. amen. <laughs> that's the end of episode 15 or 14, or 14. Really yeah sure. whatever it is but we appreciate <laughs> you checking us out i uh, hope you found encouragement like it and subscribe on youtube on on all the social media platforms we're on and uh, keep an eye out because I'm, I'm pretty excited how this card's turning out. We'll see what we want to do with those. Yeah, it might not turn into anything, so don't hold me to my word. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, we'll catch you later.